<laughs> My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 71 fight card. We're going to give you our picks. We're going to give you our predictions. We're going to give you our bets. We're going to give you our fantasy plays. And this is an interesting fight night. Great main event. A couple of solid undercard fights. Let's go ahead and break that down. But before I break that down, if you want 50 bucks, oh right? We're God. heading into the summer. Graduation is coming. You got to get somebody a graduation gift. If you want 50 bucks, I will send you $50. I'll send it to you. Cash app, PayPal, Venmo. The only thing you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Use our link to sign up with any one of our sportsbook partners. Make a deposit, and I send you 50 bucks as a thank you. That's wewantpicks.com slash bets. Use the links, sign up, make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks. We spent a lot of time talking about premium. And most of you just want to copy-paste bets, right? And for the most part, that's successful, right? You have your highs, you have your lows. Overall, in the year, we're up a good amount. Overall, it's very successful. But we have far more than just copy-paste bets. We also have tools. One of the tools that we have for you is the line movement tracker. I talk about this a lot. This doesn't exist anywhere else. I know a lot of you go to Best Fight Odds to get your odds. That just shows you odds. What that's not going to do is give you all 13 fights, all 14 fights on a card and show you every single fighter in an interactive sortable chart, their opening odds, their current odds, the current probability, and the line movement. This gives you all of that. This card alone, there are three fighters, three, that have gone from underdog to favorite. I bet all three of them as an experiment. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we also have detailed data and metrics so you log into premium become a premium member you can see all of our bets but before you just copy the best look at the tools check out the metrics and analytics work your way across it wow this is a really good striker oh wow he lands this many significant strikes per minute his opponent throws this many blah 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 work your way across find your spots make decisions then check out our bets and if your thoughts and our thoughts align boom hit those Ooh. bets make it happen Ooh. all this is available to you for only $10 a month at wewantpicks.com, we also happen to have the best, period, the best DraftKings ownership projections in the game. This is an actual fact. This isn't just me saying, this is a fact. That's a scientific fact. It literally is. We have a guy, his name is Josh, he does all of our stats. He brings in six different sources and then he weights them. And he doesn't just wait, oh, source one to source two. He knows source one is very accurate with the favorites. Source two is very accurate with the underdog. Source three, he has ridiculous formulas and we come up with our own unique DraftKings ownership projection number. It smashes Roto Grinders. It smashes Fuck every dumb, dumb dick's $5 Patreon. It blows through Fuck all em. of that. This is what last week looked like. Literally every single week we have the best ownership in the game and we are adding analysts we have added new analysts revenant if you're watching this revenant commented on a video the other day saying hey where i can't see the confidence picks anymore premium has a new look and feel you log in click on analysts you'll see me jacob artem and there's going to be more adam. to come once you get to our page you can look at this graphic artem has the fight adam. the pick his confidence level for each pick and then his round lean over two and a half under two and a half etc all of that is a unique experience for each individual analyst. We're adding more as we go. Weonpicks.com. It's $10 a month. You unlock every single one of these things. There's no tiers. People trying to tier out their memberships. That's a scam. No tiers. Weonpicks.com. Oh. $10 a month. I was, yeah, I was looking in there. I was really getting in there to figure out 
who the hell Artem had in that Bruna Brazil Denise Gomes fight. And that's a big fat Brazil on that page. Really so we're just going to shit on our contributors for no reason? Cool. No, I'm Guys, gonna, we also accept so. we also accept credit cards now. A ton of you. Oh, I don't have PayPal. PayPal's too woke for me. I can't have PayPal in my country. Whatever it is. We now directly accept credit cards. And actually, it's not as easy as it sounds. We had to upgrade our membership software. We had to integrate with a third-party processor. And that's it why premium all done. is now $20 a month. <laughs> 80, and for only $86. <laughs> So you can sign up directly with credit card. We on picks.com. Sign up. Do all the things. It's uh, the greatest value in this industry. Two fun facts. One, it's by far the greatest value. I don't even need to check that on anybody else to know that. Two, did you know we have the most successful premium in this space, period? Nobody I would have comes assumed. close. Nobody comes close. Nobody. Like we've got thousands, plural, of premium members. The next You're closest welcome. is like 600. It's not even. It's not even close. I appreciate everything you do. Before we break down this card, we got a couple of uh, super chatterootskis. Oh, and can I make an announcement as well before we get into these? Um, I just want to say that this is going to be. It's, so it's been. It, it's not. It's not stupid. I, I just want to give an update because people are very invested. I see it in the live stream right now about Amanda Hebos, and it has been a little bit quiet on the Amanda Hebos front. I've actually kind of taken a step back. And let her kind of think about the situation. That's what you got to kind of do with the girls sometimes. Get a little separation. Once you move, remove yourself, then they kind of want you more. And it's been pretty quiet, you know, the what, last week, two weeks, something like that. And then today, I didn't make any contact with her. She went back on a post. From, and this post from eight days ago for her own post. Found my comment and replied to my comment today from a post eight days ago with posts in between. She went back, look, and that was the last time I, I commented on one of her posts. So she's th- been thinking about it. Why isn't he become? Why isn't he liking my post? Right, yeah. She went back, found it, commented. So we're back on the uh, we're back on the on, on the rails. Congrats! Damn. It's like when an ex likes a picture from two years ago. I don't know. That's right. Congrats. She put a. Uh, it was pretty personal too. <laughs> it was just a smiley face. And what now? <laughs> I mean, it was much more. It was <laughs> Angela. It was uh, two smiley faces. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my! So, with the sunglasses. My bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, $5 super chat from Joey T. What's up, everybody? Smash that like button. Become a member. What are you waiting on? And throw some respect on Jacob's name. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you very much. You hear that, Joey? Amanda? <laughs> Quint Lazenby, $10 super chat. Quint says, my winning units from last card pays for 64 months of premium membership. WWP is the best. Invaluable insight. Even better entertainment. Thank you very much, Quint. 64 months is... $640, that's also 60 months is five years. So, great job, Quinty. On the dot. A little more, a little, little buffer seven o'clock. in there as well. What are, you, what are you doing at 7 o'clock on the dot? What? At 7 o'clock on the dot, what do you think you should be doing? Today? Every day? Yeah, on, seven o'clock on 7 o'clock on the dot. Is this like some young cool kid thing that I don't know because I'm well, 39? You're, you should know, honestly. What am you're I not doing? You're not your... You're not in your drop top cruising the street. Okay, I, I okay. You know, first, you, I mean, you should know that. I mean, you should know that. First up at UFC Vegas seventy one, we have Brady Highstand taking on Dana Bagarai. Brady Highstand, Brady Brady Highstand is six and two overall. He's three and two in his last five. He is alternating wins and losses. Dana Bagarai or Bagarai Dana is twelve and four overall. 
Three and two in his last five. He is coming off two losses in a row. This is a good old-fashioned striker versus grappler matchup. Tanab Bagrai, very good striker. He comes forward. He's got good volume, good speed, solid power. His speed is one of the most impressive things about him. He will beat most people immediately to the punch. Takedown defense just okay at 66%. He's going to need it in this fight because Brady Highstand's a pretty good wrestler. And he does a solid job establishing positions, racking up control time. Boxing is just okay. He can struggle if you pressure him, but he's got really nice scramble skills, plenty of cardio. And he's coming off that win over Fernie Garcia. That was your lock of the week. That was a crazy come from behind win. Fernie Garcia almost had him out of there. That was one Brady. Of the, almost one of the greatest lock of the weeks of all time. <laughs> the first punch Fernie threw drops from, and then he almost submits him because I had a wild ass submission bet on Fernie in that fight. Well, he was able to survive. Then he worked in some takedowns in control. I like Donato win this fight. It is a tricky matchup. Donato, one of those guys, he burst onto the scene, looked great. Now he's on a little bit of a skid, and it's always hard breaking these people down because you just never know when that's going to end. Right? Is it just a two-fight skid and it is what it is? Or that's it. Like, he peaked, that's it. Like, something broke mentally and he's just never going to be there again. I do think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to be so much faster with his hands. We saw Brady get dropped against Fernie. Danaz got insane power. I think Danaz going to light up Brady, be able to defend whatever takedowns come his way, be so much faster. So Danaz definitely the pick here. But this line tightened a bit. What do you think, Jakey? Uh, yeah, someone in the chat, by the way, said that they, they uh, like your hat, which is available, right, in the uh, in the shop if they like that hat. He it said is he available. Was, yeah, he said he specifically likes those, like the stip, stitch marks and stuff on there, how it looks all beaten up. And I told that's him that's why. And and it's not a uh, it's not a hard brim. I have a well, I t- for, yeah, and I and I told him that it, it, it doesn't come like that. Those are stretch marks for. Oh, okay. That it comes like this. It's called the dad hat, so it's pre-worn. Uh, like Jacob's hat has a hard brim. But Jacob has a massive head for such a tiny body. I have a small head. I'm 6'3", 260. I do have, I do have and a I have a very – my head is small for my body. So I, I can't I can't wear those hard those hard front hats. Go ahead. Just fucking – what are we talking about? Break down the – Well, you're the one getting weird. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually – the opening odds were what? One minus, one, minus 175, I think, for Dana. I actually think I, – I think I agree with those a little bit more. I don't understand the, the closing of the odds. I guess people are just seeing, you know, cut and dry. Brady can wrestle. Dana – is you know his record kind of shows that he's got a first round or bust type of guy, and Brady should be able to withstand the the, the power in people's minds of that first round. But if you watched Denon that last fight, he he was boxing the same in the first round as he was in the third round. Fast hands, he just got the absolute shit beat out of his front. Couldn't get leg. past the jab. Yeah, and he, his front leg was absolutely destroyed. And guess what? He was still marching forward, marching forward, trying to get the job done. He is just pretty much a pure boxer, but he is a, he can do that for three rounds. And Brady, as you saw versus Fernie, not only that first punch that Fernie threw, but even in the exchanges after that, Brady is a very hittable guy. And especially if he starts wrestling and he doesn't get a guy out of there because he didn't get Fernie out of there and he was wrestling, wrestling. He had to overcome a little bit of adversity in that fight, uh, as we mentioned, but he does kind of wear down. When he gets when he wears down, his, his wrestling becomes a little bit more desperate and his striking definitely. I mean, his hands are low and his very very sloppy and I just think Dana eventually is going to catch the uh, the chin of Brady after he you know kind of wrestles himself out and then uh, gets a little bit sloppy on the feet and Dana's going to be there maybe uh, maybe a second round um, KOTKO for Dana but I, I actually like him a lot in this matchup I don't know what Brady's going to bring I just don't think he can lay it on for 15 minutes yeah I hear you I think um, I agree with you we're on the same side and you know why we have the best graphics in the game because everything is right here on the screen. You said Brady's hittable. Dude only lands 
three significant strikes per minute, and he is hit with 4.03. He is hit far more often than he hits his opponents, where Dana is the exact opposite. Dana is a high output guy at 6.22. Yeah, he's just in there boxing, 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 boxing. Yeah, he's, he's, fa- he's so fast. He literally beats people to the punch. We're both on the same side here. I agree with Dana. No bet because, you know, I, I get a little squirrely sometimes with some of these unproven people on two fight skids. If you're on a two-fight skid, but it's because you have been fighting some of the best in the world or you took a step up in competition, now you're back down, I got no problem. But, you know, Dana's loss was to Kyung Ho Kang, and, like, he should absolutely win, but we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll see what happens there. $8,700 to $7,500 DraftKings. While I'm not going to bet on Dana, I do think, I do think he's worth the $8,700. What do you think? Yeah, I would say probably. That's all you have? Well, I don't know what you want from me. I, I agreed with you. You said, I think it's worth it, so I said probably. Yeah. All right. You mean dive into the numbers? I mean, I, Do you know I how many know. nickels it takes to make $8,700? I can do it off the top of my head. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Fucking ton. <laughs> what an absolute... <laughs> just a buffoon. fucking ton of them it's gonna be a lot of them <laughs> fucking buffoon of a man um hold on in the chat the guy wants the hat so go to that shop we actually have two shops which is kind of annoying that shop has the hat uh we got to update the 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 shop we have directly in the website works great has a ton of stuff but this hat specifically was from the original Streamlabs directly shop. Anyway, we're both on the same side here. I don't have any bets here, but the line movement is interesting. And keep an eye on that with the line movement tracker over the course of the week, especially after weigh-ins. That's when you're going to get the biggest jump. And it's always nice to see where lines start because lots of times we break down the fights. I just see where it is. And then when I pull up the tracker and I see where it started, it does like it does uh, sway your mind a little bit. And lately, the line movement has been... Correct. The moving line has been more correct. What's that? <laughs> Are you about to make fun of the noise? I was about to, and then I, I actually didn't know. I forgot what it was, and as I was saying it out loud, I remembered what it was, just crinkling that bag of peas. All right. Well, I have a bag of peas uh, on my, my dick. Oh, God. Smell it. The peas do stink. Um, <laughs> I'm clean. I just showered. Um, because I got a vasectomy on Friday, and I did too much too soon, and it's quite painful. I don't know how to sit still. It's quite painful. So, there's that. Next up, at UFC Vegas 71. You know what's annoying about this being UFC Vegas 71? A couple of cards ago was UFC UFC Vegas 71. But they just renamed that to UFC Las Vegas. So, this is the second UFC Vegas 71. Well, it wasn't Vegas. I mean, it was in a different arena, so... It was Vegas, yeah. In a, in a different arena, it wasn't Apex, so... Well, this isn't UFC Apex 71, it's UFC Vegas Well, I 71. think that's pretty well determined that every time they have it and it's numbered oh, like that, okay. it's at the Apex, and that fight card was not well, at the Well, they Apex. were the ones using the hashtag Vegas 71, and then they just changed it. No, they weren't. It was Las Vegas the entire time. Priscilla Cachera taking on Karina Silva. Priscilla Cachera 12-4 and four overall, 4-1 four and one in her last five, coming off the knockout win over Ariana Lipsky, and she's taking on Karina Silva, 15-4 overall, 5-0 and in her last five, and she has all stoppage wins. Priscilla Cachera, 
This line has tightened quite a bit. I agree with this line movement because Priscilla Cachera is really tough. She's a powerful striker. She's got heavy pressure. She throws big-time punches. Takedown defense, just okay at 65%, but her takedown accuracy is absolutely abysmal. But she's not going to need that in this fight. She can be KO or bust at times, but she does have legitimate power for this division. She's taking on Karina Silva. Karina Silva is a grappler, a powerful grappler, who's constantly working for a submission, whether she's on top or on bottom. She's throwing stuff up, looking to get you out of there. She has 15 wins with 15 stoppages, and those are a mixed bag of ground and pound and submissions, but they're all sort of ground-related. She's not stopping people on their feet. She's going to come forward, throw a flurry, get you against the cage, and then work you down. I do think Karina Silva wins this fight. Um, it should be a pretty straightforward win for her, honestly. We've seen Priscilla have some issues with grapplers in the past, but Priscilla is tough. She's dangerous. And we have seen over the last couple of months, couple of weeks especially, a lot of these stoppage-only type people, if they can't get the stoppage and they're fighting a tough, gritty person, they fade and they have issues later. So Karina should win this fight. She's never seen a decision. And if she ends up somehow in the second or third round because Priscilla is so tough, all of a sudden this could be a much, much different fight and Priscilla could end up with a very late, late second or third round type stoppage situation. But Karina's going to be the pick because of the grappling and the skill gap there. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I think we, there is a, a, a cause for concern when it comes to Silva in this matchup because Priscilla's nickname is the zombie girl for a reason. I mean, she will just keep coming forward and take every shot you give. But the good news is Silva as you mentioned, is more of the grappler type, right? I mean, she wants to get on the ground. She wants to submit you. She wants to ground and pound you. So she's not going to be trying to knock the head off Priscilla. She can do it in other ways, submissions and that and that sort of thing, where being tough sometimes just doesn't matter. I mean, if you're just getting in a bad position. But Karina, for as good of a grappler and as good a wrestler as she is, her stand-up is pretty slick. And what I love about her stand-up is her defense is very, very strong. Footwork, head movement, Hand, hand positioning, even when she strikes, she's very in, she's very out, very quick. And against Priscilla, that's what you need because we know exactly who Priscilla is. She's just going to stalk you. She's going to have that right hand just cocked, 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 and just time it and just throw it and just hope she lands. And she will do that for 15 straight minutes. So you have to be sound defensively. I think Silva is very, very sound defensively, can get this fight to the ground and, and do what she does on the ground. But as you mentioned, if this does get out of the first round, you know, there are going to be some question marks and some probably nervous uh, parlay holders, I would imagine. So, you know, I Silva's would not parlay this fight. Yeah, I Silva's, would not parlay yeah. this Silva's fight. The, uh, Silva's the play. But, um, you know, Priscilla's, oh, well, she's won, like, I mean, how many, like, so many out of so many. I mean, five, four of the last five, and the only one was to Jillian Robertson, so. No, she definitely, I mean, she's... Oh. <laughs> She's super She's super tough. She's always going to be live because of how tough she is and that power she has. Anybody, I would not parlay Karina Silva. Absolutely not. You said that. I don't think people are actually doing it, but I wouldn't. What, well, what I guarantee there's people doing it. Well, there's always people doing stupid shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking to those type of people. <laughs> One of the fun, the, the best facts that I heard, it was Chris Riley. He joins our call-in show. Dude, like, is an actual. Guy's a piece of shit. The dude is an actual <laughs> insider. I will never about. forget. Oh, your three lock of the weeks is pretty funny. Fucking yeah, he, he lit you up there. But anyway, he's uh, he knows this industry, not necessarily MMA, but the betting industry better than anybody, essentially. And one of the coolest facts he said is 97%, and it may be like 93, something like that, but 90 some odd percent of all bets taken in sports books are $5 or less. And it's to pay out 
like plus 1,000 or more. People are paying So that means all of you have these like little small parlays just chasing stupid money. And it's funny. And it's funny because like my cousin, you know, I I gave him a premium membership. He sent me a screenshot. It, It was like 11 sports, 19 pick parlay for like five dollars it's like dude what do you do like cheese that he hit yeah but he only sends me the one he hits who knows how many he's missing well that's what my favorite part is in discord by the way discord's 100 free you can guys enjoy discord we have a lot of fun in there um somebody will post like a 10 leg parlay with the question what do you guys think it's like it's a fucking ten leg parlay. It's probably not gonna hit. I mean, what do you mean? What do you think? Should I switch this for this? It's a ten leg parlay. Just fucking yeah. let it ride. You know, it's there for fun. Yeah, I mean, well, and I totally get. Well, honestly, all of this is for fun. All right. of this is for the people. If you're betting money that you can't lose, like honestly, you just, you just shouldn't be doing that. But it's all in good fun. We are both no, on the Karina Silva side. No balls. <laughs> I still have them. The two just aren't connected Prove anymore. It. <laughs> I was about to say something gruesome, but I decided not. Go ahead. I'm they ready. literally, they literally, they they cut a hole. Oh, here we go. I they regret, rip I the hole it. open. They go in. They pull out the tubes that connect the the testes to the goo. They snip them. They crimp metal on the ends of each tube, and they don't even sew you back up. They're just like, yeah, that hole will close itself. And today, yesterday my hole was closed. Today it's not. So I've done too much. It's opened. So doesn't bleed, but it's uh, it's scary. Anyway, uh, we want picks.com. It'll help me uh, pay for whatever recovery I'm going to need. Um, you know, we'd really appreciate if you became a premium member at wewantpicks.com. <laughs> Dr. Y said, this stream is gross. Jacob, please start acting up. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I just let you here. go, man. <laughs> Next up at UFC Vegas 71, we have Francis Marshall taking on William Gomez. Francis Marshall undefeated in his career, 7-0 overall. He's got five stoppage Williams Williams wins. He's taking on William Gomez, 11-2 overall, 5-0 in his last five. He's riding a nine-fight win streak. This is another one. This line collapsed in on itself, but Francis Marshall is still a 2-1 favorite. He opened out as a 4-1 favorite. The line collapsed, and he's still a massive favorite here. I actually, I think he should be a favorite. You and I disagree. You'll talk about that in a second. Francis is a heavy-handed grappler. He comes forward. He's got power on his feet. He's got speed on his feet, and he sets up good old-fashioned shoot doubles and singles takedowns, and then he's got solid grappling. He's comfortable striking. He can be a little too comfortable at times, right? Hands a little low, playing these stupid games that he should not be playing. Good point. But... Once he gets going, once he starts grappling, it's fantastic. He's got all the energy he's ever needed and and well-timed shots to get through that. He is taking on William Gomez. William Gomez, very well-rounded. He's always looking for a finish. He can knock you out. He can submit you. He can outwork you. He's fast. He's athletic. He's all the things. Very, very dangerous guy. He's got a Muay Thai striking style. He's not really like offensive grappling as much as he is snatching things up in scrambles. But he is finding them. He is grabbing them. I think Francis wins this fight. What I will say, though, is these are two young prospects. And I said this in my quick picks. They could both be ranked by the end of next year or mid-next year. They could both be ranked. I don't know why the UFC is like, hey, let's take these two guys that we could turn into something. Let's make them fight each other now. Because one of well, them is going to lose. If they fight for a title here in, in three years, they can put the number two next to it, the big rematch. 
Oh, just oh, you know, actually, you, you hear about the massive rematch? Oh, we're about to the get? big main event. Yeah, go ahead and make that announcement. We we main just event. found out this nope. is the main event, and this is a rematch we've all been looking for. I'm I'm legit pumped. I know. I, I when you told me, I was like, "There's no way." It was crazy, and but. it's and thank God because we just lost the Benio Darius fight. Like we've had right. some bad news. Yeah, these la- these next couple weeks, and then there's I mean, even that the 288. It's like yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, this is one's fucking. This is pumped. No, UFC just announced we are gonna get Raquel Pennington versus Irene Aldana too. The I mean, pumped. Oh, my pumped. God. Main just, event. Just hearing you say it out loud again, I'll be honest with you. If I didn't jerk off earlier. I adjust these peas. Actually, you know what helps with that? Peas. Peas, yeah. Cold so? peas. Cold peas and the peen. Anyway, I think Francis Marshall can win this fight. Uh, I think he's going to come forward. He can do that relentless wrestling and get it done. He does have insane power in his hands. Francis Marshall has good power in his hands. And he can wrestle. And William Gomez can be gun shy. So if William Gomez is gun shy and Francis Marshall decides to wrestle, Francis should absolutely win this fight. Shouldn't be an issue. Am I betting it? No. Was I tempted to bet it? Yes. Am I? Is the issue that maybe they removed my, my confidence, my manhood? A little bit more than Your just mojo. a couple of snips. They took my mojo. Could be, because I wanted to bet it, and I chose not to. But maybe we get lucky with a Francis Marshall takedown line that looks something like a half or one. But um, I think Francis Marshall wins. Why don't you tell us why you disagree? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how Francis Marshall wins this fight. I know everyone assumes, and the odds are the way they are, that he just can come in here and out-wrestle the striker. I mean, that's has to be what everyone just assumes. Francis Marshall can come in and start wrestling William Gomez, going to dominate this, this, this French striker. And let me just preface this, too, by saying I am going to pick Gomez in this fight. But I am a little bit wary because the last two Frenchmen really screwed me over. I mean, Imavov <laughs> and God, I was I was so high on both of them, and I'm about to be even higher on William Gomez in this matchup because I just love his striking. You do mention it's a little bit slow, it's a little bit methodical. He will literally just stand flat-footed with that, like he's not a Muay Thai fight. He will just stand there and just wait for you to make a move, and then he will try to snipe you. On the ground, he is very, very well improved. He, he even has said in the past, when I started fighting, everyone, when I'd go to the gym, they were just wrestle me and I promised myself that I will never get out wrestled in a fight he, he took it on himself you love when fighters do that right I mean hey Darren Till you stupid fuck <laughs> you know you love seeing people improve and not only did he learn how to defensive wrestle but now he is using wrestling in his own right to win fights he won that last fight because of his wrestling against a I know it's not wrestling but against a judo black belt that he had in body lock situations and he still was out able to position him to takedowns win scrambles get that strong wizard throw him over and, and get top positions and I just think that France is going to come in and really kind of understand that there are levels to this game and William Gomez is not somebody that he can just come in take down and out wrestle and you the power on his hands his last fight was this very his first ever professional knockout tko and it was against marcelo rojo i have all i, I absolutely love i was gonna say rojo. he's a dog but he's a he's a he's a very hittable guy he gets dropped all the time and you know even marcelo rojo on the feet at times was lighting francis marshall up as you mentioned that was a great point by you he can get too comfortable in the striking i think the exact same thing happens here because he's going to push forward williams is going to wait so francis is going to feel like he's having success in the striking because he's pushing william back and he's just going to get sniped and even if it goes to the ground i think william can control positions on the ground i think that when i broke this down i thought it was going to be probably about a pick because they are young guys and they're both up and comers and then I saw the odds. I'm like, what in the fuck? 
is going on? And I can't even believe they opened at minus 400. Give me Willie Gomez in this all day, every day. Last chance for the Frenchies. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, yeah, we're obviously split on this. I do think Francis wins, but I didn't bet it. Um, but I'm also just a little more conservative than you in general. Um, $9,200 in DraftKings? No, no. Because, you know, there's too much risk there. Because William Gomez could absolutely stop him. And I know Francis has stoppages, but he's not, you know, five of seven. That's a lot. But it's not like he's absolutely blowing through everybody who's existing. And if, and if he gets in a position where he's on the back of William Gomez, I'm going to be sitting here with my William Gomez pick and shitting my pants. I mean, that's how... <laughs> if, if, he, if he is able to get to those positions, he can definitely win the fight. I don't want to seem like he has no chance in this fight, even though I kind of said that in the beginning of the, uh, the <laughs> even breakdown. Even though but, I literally said But that. I just think that William Gomez is going to be the better striker in uh, what should be a mostly striking matchup. Yeah, I think uh, I would bet you here, but you're going to say, "Oh, I want odds," and I'm not. I'm not laying out two to one odds on Francis Marshall, but uh, I do think Francie gets it done. I'm going for America. Here. How about it's you weird. want to do this? I'll bet you straight up, but there has to be a finish. Either Francis has to finish William, or William has to finish Francis, and then I'll bet you straight up hundred bucks. And it's a push because I don't want to. No yeah, because I don't want to lose a bet if Francis just lays on him for fifteen minutes. I don't. All right, I'll do that. With I'll do that. Odds, you know what I mean? All right. Okay. Hundo. So it has to be a finish. Otherwise, it's a wash either way. All right, fair enough. I'm fair so game. Smart. It's crazy. It's crazy. This, this is the first time. This is the first time we. So smart. This is the first time we've bet that it didn't start with an argument. It's usually like you know what? Fuck, fuck it, hundred dollars. Well, that sounds like you. I would never act like that. Yeah, no, you're I'm cool. Uh, cool, calm, and collected. Cool as that cucumber that you've been using for your fucking balls. It's peas. Well. And there's sometimes, like, to... sometimes you slide that cucumber down the ball. <laughs> okay. All right. The kid who keeps bananas in his freezer is going to lecture me about cucumbers. Uh, we had a lot of fun with some bananas Saturday on the live stream. If you guys haven't watched the live stream, they're a lot of fun. Anyway. All right. Well, Jacob and I are split on this. We do have a bet amongst each other. And if you want to see if there's bets on premium, and there are on this fight, go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It's $10 a month. You're going to get absolutely everything, including my safety parlay, which hits, it missed last week, but even with last week's miss, it hits at 70%. It's up six. last week? Um, uh, what's his name? Was it a round line? Chris oh, Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Chris yeah, Gutierrez. Fucking, yeah. He broke me too. He absolutely blew it. Um, and I went Gutierrez instead of Hoffa Garcia because I was like, Gutierrez has, the, but I trust Pedro Munoz to suck more than I trust Clay Guida to suck. And yeah, that was a mistake on my part. But even with that loss... The safety parlay hits at a 70% clip. 7-0% clip on the year. That safety parlay is up six cool. total units. If you're new to premium, only want to try one thing, try the safety parlay. It has never been down money oh, over the God. course of a 30-day period. Ever. There's that jinx. I know. Next up, at UFC Vegas 71, we have some of the wildest line movement you have seen on this card. We'll talk about that in a second. We have the battle of the younger brothers, Muhammad Usman taking on Junior Tafa. Muhammad Usman, 8-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five years, coming off the ultimate fighter win. And he's Kamaru Usman's younger, much larger brother. He's taking on Junior Tafa, 4-0 in his MMA career, but he's got all stoppage wins in a very hefty professional kickboxing background. And he is Justin Tafa's younger brother. Tafa. Taffa, Taffa, whatever. Well, the line movement is interesting here because you're going to see they opened about even, right? Junior opened as an underdog. He 
skyrocketed, skyrocketed to like a minus 290, or no, minus 240 favorite. Minus 240 favorite. And then it, it, then it collapsed on itself, came back down, and now we're pretty steady where he is a favorite. So he went from underdog to favorite, not a ton of movement. You know, in the from the opening to where we are now, but it did full on flip, um, and it's an interesting matchup because when I first did my breakdown, what are you laughing at? I just every time you shift, I just hear those peas crickling. It's that, it's that loud. They're no, it's just to... a little bit, but I know what I know what it was. So I just started laughing. <laughs> um, what the hell was I saying? Oh, when I first did this breakdown, I picked Usman. But I ended up betting on Tafa, and I'll explain why. Don't just blindly tail. There's even notes in premium why I bet on him. Anyway, Muhammad Usman. As you know, he has big power in his hands. That's how he won the Ultimate Fighter. But if you watch that fight, he was a step behind the entire time. He was getting lit up and then landed that big punch. He does have some wrestling. He's not a wrestler like his brother. He was a college football player. But he's big. He's strong. He's athletic. He's well-coached. And you could actually see his wrestling evolve over fights. He went from just bending over and grabbing legs to lowering his level and shooting takedowns. But, you know, he's a little late to be starting an MMA career, but he's a big, giant, powerful, athletic heavyweight, and those guys can have success later. He's taking on Junior Taffa. Junior Taffa is a nasty kickboxer, a nasty kickboxer. He's fast. He's aggressive. He has power. He's the 2.0 version of his brother. He still has the chin, but he's bigger, faster, more athletic, and has better technique the big question is his wrestling defense. If you go back, he only has four MMA fights to watch. Not easy to find tape on. But if you watch the fight against Nicholas Djurjevic, he was taken down quickly. And he was controlled. But he worked his way back up and he got the finish. So the big question here is, can Usman take Taffa down? If he can, then Usman can win this fight. If he can't, then Taffa's going to knock him out. It's just literally that simple. My original pick was Usman because I'm like, I think he can get the takedown. But as we have seen, we saw it with John Jones. We saw it with Kelvin Gastelum. We saw it last week with um, uh, who? Did, who was it last week? That was an underdog became a favorite. I do not recall. Shit! Didn't I write it down? Is it in my notes? Oh, oh my god! Yeah, what an absolute! Who's running the teleprompter? Just absolute buffooning it right Let's now. Let's run it back. He lost his place, guys. Yeah, I don't see it. Anyway, uh, there was that fight last week. Oh, it was fucking Tanner Bozer. So, Jan Kutalaba, because I I was on the wrong side of all... I was on the wrong side of all three of those. And I decided I'm going to bet the line movement tracker. I'm going to use the line movement tracker, use my own tool, and bet purely based on that data. So, Usman's the more logical pick here because he can wrestle. But... The tracker has told us over the last couple of months when somebody opens as an underdog and closes as a favorite, the original line, or sorry, that that is correct. The original line is wrong. That movement was correct. I bet this quarter of a unit on Junior Taffa just because the line flipped. Jakey boy, what do you think? Taffa on Junior Taffa. I did bet quarter unit (laughs) on Junior Taffa. Uh, yeah, I actually bet on Tafa too because I at, at, at even money, I think this is a, an even fight, and I got even money for an even fight back when it was minus 110 for both guys. So I did put a half unit because I think that's exactly, I think this is an absolute coin toss. I think this is an absolute coin toss fight. 
I picked, uh, you know, when it's an even, you know, even money that I'm going to pick the better fighter. And I think that Junior Tafa was the better fighter at even money. That's why I put it. That's a little bit better description of why I put the money on. Uh, I didn't just flip a coin, but he is, he is going to be the better fighter. He's going to be the better striker. Usman, as you mentioned, might have the wrestling. I don't think he's going to mess around. I think he's going to try and take Tafa's head off because that's exactly what he does. And he can take, he can take anyone's head off in the heavyweight division. He is raw power. And when he hits you, you go to sleep. And Junior Tafa... I understand that he's this world-class kickbox or whatever it is, but you've mentioned time and time again before, and you've seen Alex Pajeda kind of get in trouble with it at times. When you have on those four-ounce gloves and you're used to box and you're used to blocking with those big-ass gloves, and you're one of those guys that just kind of stands in front of people with a high guard. Which, if you watch his kickboxing matches, he does that. He just stands with a high guard. People punch his arms, punch the gloves. He counters. He knocks people out against Usman with those four-ounce gloves. Those are not going to protect you. When he starts swinging those big paws around, those are not going to protect you. So you better be careful in there. I think this is a complete toss-up fight. Whoever beats, whoever knocks out whoever person, I believe that Junior Toffer can kind of get inside and beat him to the punch, right? I mean, with those wild shots, they're slow and they're telegraphed. So I believe that Junior can beat him to the punch. That's why I picked him. I got him for even money, and I think he's a better fighter. But I think it's a complete coin toss. And if you can't, if you can't get the even money anymore, uh, I would just leave this fight alone. Or you can get, but I think both have first round KOTKOs for plus money, so you might do something weird with that. But this could be another situation where they're both scared of each other's power and they just stare at each other for 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tafa should 100% win this fight. The wrestling is the only. Obviously, Usman can knock anybody out. You say 100%. I don't, I don't agree with that. I said should, not will. Should. I know, should win it 100%, which means you're pretty confident. I'm not that confident. Yeah, I guess I meant to say if it's standing. If it's standing, there, I, like you're mentioning, I Usman still don't think. I still don't think it's 100. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just watch Usman versus Pauga. Like he was getting lit up. Like his striking differential well, was absolute trash. Getting touched up. And Pauga is just small and not that powerful. Where Junior Taffa has got all the power in the world. So anyway, the only reason I agree, you should not bet this fight. The only reason I bet this fight is because it's an experiment. The note is in premium. This is an experiment. Don't blindly tail. So that's why I bet it. We'll see what happens. And uh, this may be the new thing. The line movement tracker may just be making these bets for us. 8,000 in DraftKings, 8,200. I do think you're going to need one of those people in your DraftKings lineup. One of them is going to score a ton of points. So pick your side. Throw one of them in your lineup. I'm on the Taffa side, obviously. But... Um, you know, should absolutely make it happen. Under two and a half, that is not the line, unfortunately. Somebody just commented, uh, Jesse, the line is one and a half. And I'm not touching that line personally because, like you said, Jacob, they could just stare at each other for a little bit. It's even money, minus 103, basically. Yeah, they could just stare. One and a half lines are super tricky, and they could just stare at each other. You know, there's no reason to go out there swinging wild immediately, especially Tafa, new to the UFC. Anyway... You want to check out all of our picks, bets, round line leans, and all the tools I keep mentioning. We want picks.com. It's only $10 a month. You're going to get four events with that. Four events. Four. That's not per event. That's per month. We want picks.com. Next up at UFC Vegas 71, we have another full blown line movement flip. We got Carol Rosa. Opening as a good size favorite, now the underdog against Norma Dumont. Carol Rosa, 16 and 4 overall, 4 and 1 in her last five, and she is coming off the win over Lena Landsberg. She's taking on Norma Dumont. Norma Dumont, 8 and 2 overall, 4 and 1 in her last five, and she's coming off that 
win over professional boxer Danielle Wolf. Karos is an okay striker, right? Her technique is just okay, but she does have a lot of volume and she is willing to trade. She's a decision fighter. She's got solid takedowns on both sides, offense and defense. She has 10 takedowns in six UFC fights, solid 72% takedown defense. She's coming off that win over Lena Landsberg, where let's not forget she was dropped in that fight and then had to put together the grappling to get that win. She's taking on Norma Dumont, good striker. She's very relaxed. She's very patient. Her striking is technical. She had a 100% takedown defense before her fight with Macy Chesson, where I think she was just caught off guard more than anything. If you look at her strike differential, she's landing about four to two. So she's got a very nice striking differential. And she does have solid grappling as well. Takedowns are not the best, but she does have seven takedowns in six UFC fights. And she's going to be the bigger fighter here. Carol Rose is going up in weight. So Norma Dumont's going to be bigger, stronger, the more powerful yes. fighter, the more powerful wrestler. I know everybody wants to make the obvious, ooh, her butt. That's not me, guys. I'm all class. I'm all class. That thing, when I was watching film, it took me a, it took me a while to get through uh, this fight with, with film. That thing, <laughs> she tries to hide that thing with the spandex, with the shorts over, but when that thing starts going. Oh, boy. There's no stopping it. Anyway, uh, Norma Dumont, when I broke this down on Sunday for Quick Picks, she was plus 125. She is now minus 116. I completely agree with those odds. I have a bet on her as well for flipping from underdog to favorite, following the line movement tracker. She was already my pick, unlike the... Uh, the last fight we broke down, Norma was my pick no matter what, regardless of the line movement. So betting on her wasn't too difficult to do once I saw everything go. But Carol Rosa is definitely a gamer. We did just see her out-grapple Lena. We also saw her get dropped. I do think Norma wins this fight, but Carol could come in, stay in her face, just be super busy with the strikes, super active, and sneak out a decision. But Norma Dumont's going to be the pick, we think, Jakey Boy. You know, what's funny is this is like one of the most prototypical fights that you should not bet because it's a female fight that's probably you know, most likely going to a decision, which means it's going to be up to the judges. And yeah, we're back in Vegas, but you know, who the hell knows what the judges are going to do in a fight like this? And it's, and it's so funny because we both have bets on this fight. I'm on the Carol Rosa side because I believe everything you said about Dumont is, is probably 100% correct, right? She's, she's a good striker. She, she, can, she can offensive wrestle. She's got defensive uh, takedown defense. The issue with her striking is she like, she's a very clean striker, a point fight you know, striker, will stay at distance and kind of pick your part boom 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 and if that's this fight she'll definitely win this fight i mean she will control the pacing of this fight she will control control the striking exchanges and she will win this fight the issue is carol rosa is not that girl she does not play that game she wants to get inside she wants to get in those clinch positions and she wants to kind of um you know, work for those takedowns. I don't know if she's going to be able, especially up in weight, I don't know if she's going to be able to get the takedowns. I think it's going to be mostly Carol Rosa holding Norman DeMont against the cage, working for takedowns, but just kind of controlling positions and DeMont not being aggressive enough to get her back off the cage. And Carol Rosa is going to win this fight on the judges' scorecards because she's the one that's being aggressive. She's the one pushing forward. She's the one that's trying to engage in the takedowns. And I just think that she's going to do more in this fight. And she is no girlfriend. Of Denise Gomes. You know, lock of the week last week. You saw the intensity that she brought into her fight. Big win. Lock of the week. Carol Rose is going to bring that intensity as well. Uh, I couldn't believe that she was uh, an underdog in this fight. And I took the value in it. So, um, we're, we're on opposite sides here. Yeah, we are. And Mr. Savage saying Rosa's not 5'5". Five five. Yes, the fuck she is. Ooh. Dumont's not 5'7". Yes, the fuck she is. I don't know where the hell you're getting your information from. Ouch. I'm getting it from the official... UFC stats, so 
it's awkward for you. You're not worried about Kara Rosa's size here? No, yeah, she's aggressive enough. Denise Gomes was much smaller than Brazil, too, and that didn't really matter. Yeah, but she though. wasn't small. Yeah, she was just shorter. She wasn't smaller. Kara Rosa is just not a, I think we both agree that neither one of these girls are, are dangerous, right? But when it comes to, like, an aggressive dog-type fighter, I just don't see it Norma DeMott. I think that the, the aggression of Carol, I think she's going to be able to bully her around. Size or not, I think mentally she's going to get bullied. Um, First of all, bro, watch. She's going to be taller. So I have actual facts based off of the, the source of information. And then, I mean, if this isn't America in a nutshell, no, nah, you're wrong, bro. Wow. And I have actual facts. Um, nah, that's not my truth. Yeah. <laughs> alternative facts. And then Doug said, when will the round lines be up? I'll tell you right now, I have a round line bet on this fight for premium members. The round line leans are already up. And now you're going to get more than just mine. So if you go to wewantpicks.com, you're a premium member, you log in, you're going to see in the menu, it's going to say analyst. You're going to see me, Jacob, and Artem. Adam. I, I have round line leans for every single fight right there on my page. Artem does the same. Round line leans for every single fight on his page as well. It's in an interactive chart. You can do whatever you want with that data. So you're going to get them from multiple people. You're also going to see our confidence picks and bets. So it's already there now. The site got a, a, a I don't want to say a facelift because it was beautiful to begin with, but we've sort of changed how it's laid Botox? out. So that we can, Would that be fair? Uh, no, because no, that implies we just that it's getting old too. Yeah. We, had, uh, we just changed right, the layout. A good, uh, yeah, what's a good we, analogy? We new, uh, oh, uh, a new push-up bra, possibly? We moved the parts around. So there's a couple analogies there that oh, I'm not going to touch. Let's get into it. <laughs> you and I... Opposite sides of this fight, you want to throw 100 at this one too? Money line, straight up? Uh, I didn't think so. Let me so. check my account real quick. Absolutely. <laughs> let me check my... No, I do. Ones. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, because okay. I, got, I get paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it should be fine. I might not be able to pay you until Monday. Is that okay? But uh, it, should be okay. it should be okay. Yeah, you're good for it. You're good for it. Absolute bum. Um, all right, so we're on opposite sides of this. But I do not... Bet, right? Yeah, hundred bucks. Okay, much straight up money line. Uh, while I do think Norma wins, I already do have a bet on her, uh, and now another one with Jakey Boy. I don't think she's worth eighty three hundred dollars in DraftKings because this will be a decision, and I don't see, I don't see a ton of anything outside of strikes, and you need insane volume to be worth your money in DraftKings with just strikes. If it's just strikes and you're landing the normal amount, then. You know, she's going to score 70-something in a win. We're going to need more than that. So I'm not throwing her DraftKings. You're going to throw Kara Rosa on your DraftKings at 7,900? No, I think it's going to be kind of like that Lena Landsberg, you know, fight. A lot of clinch work. And actually, I looked at the stats as I was saying that. That could she count did as score. control time. Yeah. Well, she did. She had landed 160 strikes in that fight, in, in that clinch. You know, 30 boxing. You know, her and uh, the Oh, she also, had take, she also had takedown. Yeah, takedown as well. But I, I think it's just mostly this. just kind of holding. I think it's just a lot of holding against the cage. And I would, uh, there's much better places for this. I mean, you can get either. I mean, for basically the same price, you can get either Usman or Tafa. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Well, yes. The difference is somebody on that Usman Tafa fight is going to score zero points. I think it's worth. I think either <laughs> one. I think it's worth the risk because both these sure. girls, even in a wins, could score fifty. Sure. Well, we own picks.com. Unlock everything, including the round line leans that we just talked about. It is only ten dollars a month. That's going to get you four events. Next up, at UFC Vegas 71, we have my most confident pick on the card and the biggest uh -oh. favorite on the card, Montel. Why did you, you uh-oh me? Yeah. 
Okay, we got Montel Jackson taking on Ronnie Yaya. Ronnie Yaya, 28-10 and 10 overall, 3-1-1 one one in his last five. He's coming back after more than a year away. He's taking on Montel Jackson, 12-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in his last five. He is riding a nice three-fight win streak. And Ronnie Yaya, not to disparage him, uh, we've made money on him in the past. We've picked him in the past. He's a very high-level BJJ guy. Not a jiu-jitsu nerd. He's not a jiu-jitsu nerd. He will stand there. He will strike. Uh, he's got almost 40 professional fights. And when you're around that long, you develop other skills. And he has developed striking. He will stay there. He will set a relentless pace. Shooting takedowns. So when we say he's not a jiu-jitsu nerd, right. it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean Decent he doesn't... Decent takedowns, too. They're, not, they're yeah. not bad. Little outside, inside trips with them. Little back trips. Little step overs. Well, little strong yeah. wizards. A little, you know, a single, yeah. a treetop. You know, the blast doubles. He, he works the, the inside out off the single. Head position. Uh, you actually are down. saying actual moves, and I'm ankle, a thousand ankle, percent sure you have ankle, no idea ankle, what any of them are. Yeah, ankle pick you. He'll put the he'll do it with the, with the with the shoe between the, the the legs like this, and hold the legs closed like this, and then and then uh, okay. just drag you down, run the piping. When we say jujitsu nerd, it's like the butt scooting dorks that don't have takedowns, and their only they path to victory, they, the I only hate, path to victory is on the ground. Who was the last one that was literally butt scooting? Dan Hooker, uh, not this clown ass. Yeah, Claudio Playas was, was oh straight God. up with Imanari rolls. Could you imagine rooting for a guy that goes in there with Imanari <laughs> rolls, looking for heel hooks, just sitting on his ass? It's embarrassing, really. It's, it's embarrassing, embarrassing, really. Well, that's not Ronnie Yaya. He's got all the grappling credentials you could ever want. Insanely dangerous on the ground, but he will shoot takedowns and work to get it there on his own, not just desperate pull guard. Please, he's taking on Montel Jackson. Problem for Ronnie is Montel Jackson is a very good wrestler. And he's got solid jiu-jitsu skills as well. He's good everywhere. He's got a full resume of knockouts with insane power. He's got decisions. He's got submissions. His takedown accuracy is impressive at 71%. He's averaging three per fight. He's coming off that dominant win over Julio Arce. So Montel Jackson, very good wrestler with insane power in his hands. He should have good enough jiu-jitsu defense. I see Montel Jackson defending every single one of these takedowns, just absolutely blasting 38-year-old Ronnie Yaya in the face, probably winning by stoppage, definitely avoiding the submissions, but obviously it's an MMA fight. Anything is possible. Uh, I trust Montel Jackson. I think these odds are pretty correct, and honestly, they could probably be a little wider and still be good. Montel Jackson, very easy pick for me. Totally safe to parlay. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Ronnie Yaha is going to absolutely shut the fuck destroy up. this guy Montel Jackson because of. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I have I have Montel Jackson in this fight, and the issue for Ronnie Yaha is um, when he goes to the ground, he's not like an auto submission guy, right? I mean, he, he has a lot of submissions, he's very high level, but a lot of there's some people that if you go to the ground, it's like, uh oh, you are probably. I mean, it's stupid as it says. Julian Robertson is one of those people. Just every time they find themselves on the ground, it seems like they're able to get submissions. Tabler Reed, you know, Amanda Hemans is another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Mons another one. You know, Gloria the Ball is another one. You know, if we're talking about that Randy girl from Bellator. I don't How many rants in one breakdown are you going to do? Okay. That voice there? That voice there? Continue. Get a little upset? Um, but he's not like he's not going to be an automatic submission, which is good for Montel Jackson because he does like to wrestle in this fight. The easiest breakdown for this fight is Montel Jackson should treat Ronnie Yaha 
like a like a heavy bag. Just treat them like a heavy bag. You don't try and take down a heavy bag. And by working him like a heavy bag too, is you can't just headhunt Ronnie Yaha because he is tough. He can eat shots and he will time those big power shots with takedowns. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that Montel gets a little aggressive on the striking. Ronnie's times a takedown and gets him to the ground. But if Montel Jackson just treats him like a heavy bag, work the body, work the head, the knockout shot should find itself, and you don't even have to mess around on the ground with a guy as high level as Ronnie. So Montel should be fine on the ground, even if it goes to the ground. I don't know why he would mess around with that. Just uh, just keep with the strikes, work the body, work the head. Should be should be pretty easy. Yeah, I completely agree, honestly. I think, uh, obviously, we're on the same page. I just completely agree with, even if he gets the takedowns, he should be fine. Because right. like you said, Ronnie Yaya is a very dangerous grappler, but he's not the male Mackenzie Dern. It's not just like oh, you're instantly that was, a, oh, that was the one. Oh, you, you just kind of embarrassed me because right. I left that out, but you brought it. That was a good one. That's what I do. Bring that heat. Um, I think you could do everything with Montel Jackson, including this absurd price point. You don't even see Amanda Nunes at $9,700. That's an insane price point. I bet but. she will be. Uh, <laughs> I bet she will be in a few weeks. <laughs> in the greatest. Speaking of trilogy, female rematches, yeah, the Jesus. greatest trilogy. Thank. I'm so glad that's headlining a pay per view as well. That's incredible. Not, nothing like eighty bucks after a six dollar a month subscription. They should have put Ricky Simone and uh, Song Yudong ahead of that fight for a pay per view <laughs> main event. It would have been and much more fun. And it's not even a slight to Amanda Nunes because I watch Amanda Nunes fights all yeah. day. It's we've already seen her beat the absolute piss out of this woman. How many times are we gonna watch that? For anyway, six rounds basically. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because she was yeah, beating she her, lost... her in the first round of that fight. She basically beat her bad so bad that she she tired herself out from beating her up so bad in that first round. Yeah. Just couldn't put no. her away and got tired. No, and honestly, it's the UFC taking advantage of Canada. Canadians love UFC. The UFC is basically like, ah, we'll sell this place out no matter who we put on this card. That is a good point. So that's so that's what they, they did. Think you're stupid. <laughs> Dana White thinks Canadians are stupid. Pass but, it along. But we don't, and if you're a Canadian, you sign up for premium today. I'll give you everything for just that ten dollars. Everything. We want picks.com, ten dollars, everything. If you're Canadian, all of it. God we rest the, king, the queen. Click become a member. Long live the king. We have a two dollar super chat from a non-Canadian Joe Todoro. Two dollar super chat. Upgrade the peas to green beans. I see the lights off, so Tiffany's on. I do. These are starting to. I do need. <laughs> you cooked them. I do. <laughs> you gonna open it up, start eating them. <laughs> Throw a ham hock in there. We got soup. I do need a uh, colder bag. I just. I did too much. So someone I, did say the next time Jacob comes over, he's gonna have peas and pea soup. But peas are literally <laughs> the worst. I, the worst food on planet Earth are peas. Uh, no, peas with bacon, pea soup. Mm. I like all that crap. It's 10 U.S. dollars, James Cameron. 10 United States. You think that's a real James Cameron? It might be. I know he's a big fight fan. Next up, at UFC Vegas 71, we got Ricky. i Ricky! Very surprised Ricky! about something in this picture. Glenn taking on Christos Gallegos. Ricky Glenn is 22-6 and six overall, 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five. And he's coming off that come-from-behind draw with Grant Dawson. And it was a draw because he gave up the first two rounds and came back hard with a 10-8 in the third to tie that thing up. And he's taking on Christos Gallegos, 19-10 overall, 2-3 and three in his last five, coming off a grapple-heavy loss. Three grapple-heavy losses. 
in a row. Ricky Glenn's a volume striker. He's going to stand tall. He's going to march forward. But he still manages to stay out of the pocket. He does have very legit power. He's a threat early in any fight. And as we saw in that Grant Dawson fight, he's never out of a fight. He will continue to come forward and try to make something happen. He's taking on Christos Gallegos, who's a grappler and, like Glenn, also is never out of a fight. We've seen him several times come back from what is going to be a decision loss and then pull out a submission and get it done. His striking can definitely use some work. He does have a negative striking differential, but he is unorthodox, and he does wing punches with power. This is a tough fight to break down. Neither one of these guys is like insanely active. We've definitely seen holes in both their games. Christios could come forward, get the takedowns, the same way that Ricky Glenn's last opponent did, right? Because Grant Dawson had success out grappling Ricky Glenn, at least in the first two rounds. And Christios could do more of the same, but... I'm going to go Ricky. I'm going to go Ricky as the pick here because I think the skill gap on the feet is wider than the skill gap on the ground. And Ricky does have solid submission defense. So I think Ricky's going to be able to touch up Christos on the feet, get things going. This line tightened a bit. Uh, but Ricky's the pick. I'm going to avoid that minus 170. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I don't even think I have much to add to the breakdown. That was pretty much everything I was going to say. I completely agree that Christo is probably going to come in. He's a little sloppy on the hands, could get touched up, going to default to the wrestling, and Ricky Glenn should be able to make him work on the wrestling, wear him down, reverse positions, and, and, and kind of win this fight, either by decision. A lot of... I'm looking at this fight, and I can't decide if it's like, oh, one of these guys is definitely going to finish the other guy, or if it's going to be an all-out war for 15 minutes, because as you mentioned, these guys are both these guys are, are absolutely tough. tough. I would side with Ricky a little bit on the durability, because Christos is a little bit more hittable in those situations, but yeah, I think Christos comes in, has could have some early success, gets a little bit tired and worn down, and, and Ricky um, either finishes him, or is able to take over and, and kind of win this decision. So I see this fight kind of the exact same way you do, and uh, I think Ricky is is a pick, but if, if, if Giagos is on his back early. I I, I know that the, the Grant Dawson thing was a, a, a little bit different, but Yagos is a very very aggressive grappler. I mean, he will he will snatch things up very very quickly. So if he's on there dry and early, you might be a little bit worried if you're um, betting on Ricky. But he should be able to stay safe and get it done. Yeah, so we're on the same side here. I'm not touching that. That's still a wide line for two incredibly tough guys. Uh, if Chris yeah, is dangerous, yeah. Yeah, he's dangerous and tough, and we've seen him come back. We've seen him losing, He'll losing, take chances, losing. and those are always dangerous people, people that take chances. Yeah, so I'm just going to enjoy this fight. It should actually be a lot of fun. We'll just enjoy it. We'll watch it. I'm um, not going to bet it. I'm not going to throw that $9,000 in DraftKings on Ricky either, but if you do want to unlock the DraftKings Optimizer, if you guys are new here and you're building DraftKings contests either to try to chase that hundred grand or just to beat your friends in a cash league we have a full slate of DraftKings information for you. We have an optimizer to help you build a whole bunch of lineups. It'll literally build lineups for you. We have player pool rankings. So we'll say, hey, if you're doing a cash game, these are the rankings of by salary who you should have in your lineup. Same thing with GPP, Core, etc. We have salary rankings. And we also have the best ownership in the game, period, end of story. Our ownership projections, by far the best in the game. And we have leverage. Leverage is a proprietary number. We're the only ones that come up with this number. And it's to help you find spots. It's to help differentiate you from other people in these tournaments. We own Picks.com, $10 a month to unlock all of that. And then we have a $2 super chat from Goku asking about this weekend's boxing. Tank or Garcia with what method? I, honestly, I don't know enough. Obviously, I like uh, Gervonta Davis, but I don't know enough to make a pick or anything like that. I appreciate the super chat. Jacob, you know dick about this fight? 
Uh, I think that Tank's definitely going to win, but I don't think it's going to... I already put a bet on the over. The uh, the over-under was at 7.5. I think both these guys... The worst things that could ha- the worst thing that could happen for both these guys' careers right now, in the prime of their careers... I know that uh, Ryan Garcia is a little bit younger, but in the prime of their careers is, is getting knocked out, right? They can take a loss. One of these guys can take a loss, but getting knocked out would really, really hurt their career. So I think they both get in there, kind of play it safe, because neither one wants to get knocked out, and I think somebody wins a decision. It's probably going to be Tank with a little bit more of the powerful shots to win over the judges because he's a he's a tank so he's a tank he's pretty active decision he just fought a few months ago after getting arrested. Yeah, that was. I think that was supposed to be a, a, a warm-up fight. And somebody mentioned that, uh, I think in the Discord, I think it might have been fifth, honestly, that it was like Ryan Garcia is coming in this. Uh, Tank's making him cut even more weights at 135 instead of one whatever. Um, and Ryan Garcia is coming back without a, a tune-up fight. You know I mean, that's a very yeah. popular thing in, the, uh, in boxing to do. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so sorry, don't know much about that fight, but it sounds like Jakey does. Next up at UFC Vegas 71, we have Jeremiah Wells taking on Matt Semmelsberger. Jeremiah Wells 11-2 overall, 5-0 in his last five. He is riding a five-fight stoppage streak, and he's taking on Matt Semmelsberger, 11-4 overall, 3-2 in his last five. And he's coming off that underdog win over Jake Matthews. He embarrassed Jake Matthews in that we fight. Were, Jake, Matthews, that. Jake Matthews, permanent we over fade. that. Oh, yeah. Wink, wink, both sides. Jake Matthews' permanent fade after what Matt Semmelsberger was able to do to him. This should be a fun fight, and it's an interesting fight because I'll tell you right now, I think Jeremiah Wells wins, but you can't bet against Matt freaking Semmelsberger. Jeremiah Wells has three fights in the UFC with three stoppage wins. Well-rounded guy. We've seen him showcase striking, like when he knocked out Court McGee, who's insanely tough. Same with Worley Alves. We've seen him with his grappling skills against Blood Diamond, Mike Mathetha. It always sounds like I, it always sounds like I have a lisp. It always sounds like you have a lisp when you say that guy's name. But anyway, he just fights like a big, powerful striker. He's got explosive hands. But what everybody forgets is he has a BJJ black belt, and he's used it. It's an he's an accomplished black belt. He throws wild. He throws with intent, and then he gets his takedowns, and he can submit you as well. Jeremiah Wells very well well rounded, very dangerous. He's taking on Matt Semmelsberger. He's an aggressive striker. He marches forward. Solid leg kicks. Good body work. He has power, but a lot of his finishes are just forward pressure and grit. He's a hard guy to get out of there. He's a hard guy to get out of your face. And he's coming off that gritty win over Jake Matthews where he worked in three takedowns and three knockdowns. If I didn't have so much respect for how dangerous and tough Matt Semmelsberger is, Jeremiah is the easy pick. He's insanely dangerous. He's got powerful hands. He's got very good jujitsu. And I think he should win this fight. I think he's going to have the more powerful strikes, which is crazy to say because everybody knows how hard Matt Semmelsberger hits. He's going to have the better jujitsu. The wrestling is probably going to go to Matt Semmelsberger. Jeremiah Wells is the pick. Absolutely no bet whatsoever because Matt Semmelsberger terrifies the shit out of me. But this is even money. And I think Jeremiah Wells is just the better fighter of the two of them. And at even money, why wouldn't you bet on the better fighter? You obviously disagree. Go ahead. Say whatever stupid shit you have to say. Hey, you get mad before I even start talking. Because um, you're, so, you're I, so annoying with the, the, the fucking stupid noise. You're so Well, because I know I'm right. I mean, when I know I'm right, I know I'm right. So we can bet on this fight too if you want. But actually, hundred bucks. Actually, I don't. No, 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 no. Because right. no, well, I know I'm right. When I know I'm right, I'm right. No, okay. I, this is what I was saying. I, I could not wait to fade Jeremiah Wells. I didn't care who he was fighting. I was going to fade him no matter what. 
And then I saw that he was fighting Matt Semelsberger, and I was like, ah, shit. Because sometimes <laughs> Matt Semelsberger does do some stupid shit, either in the striking, sometimes he wrestles when he shouldn't wrestle. And in this situation, he could get caught up in either a, a firefight with, with Jeremiah Wells, which he's probably going to lose, or he could get caught up in scrambles. And as Angelo mentioned, he should probably he, he could probably lose that too. But I believe that Matt Semelsberger is the, is the better overall fighter. Jeremiah Wells is a terrible striker. You and just said that Matt Semelsberger would lose a firefight firefight. on his feet he would lose a striking match on his feet and he would lose a grappling match and then you said he's the better overall fighter yeah, can you, are you gonna let me finish? I, I was like, I was like about to tell the story, and then you interrupted. You see, I don't know. Jeremiah yeah. Wells' striking is absolutely awful. It is terrible. He is part of that Henzo Gracie Philly camp that just I don't know what their striking coach is doing. Pat Sabatini, his striking never improved over the last four years. He got knocked out. Sean Brady, his striking never improved over the last whatever. He gets knocked out by Blow Muhammad. Jeremiah Wells, all he does is just throw wild shit as hard as he can, and so far. <laughs> It's been working out for him. I mean, if he lands on Matt Selmsberg, he's probably going to knock him the fuck out. His takedowns are terrible. Even against Blood Diamond, he had a double under hooks and had to just kind of muscle through positions for takedowns. That's how he gets takedowns. Semelsberger is the better wrestler. He's the better striker. That's why he's the better overall fighter, Angelo. He's just not as good in the jiu-jitsu. So Semelsberger should come in, know that the big wild shit's coming, Beat him to the punch with nice straight shots. I want everything straight down the pipe. No looping shit because Jeremiah will beat you to the punch and he will knock you out. And I don't want any offensive wrestling from Sumsburg. I don't, I don't want any of it. Keep this standing. You just beat a grappler who thought he was a striker. Do the exact same thing here. Jeremiah Wells thinks he's a striker. His striking is terrible. He just throws wild shit. Don't let it land. Beat him to the punch. Get inside and, and handle your business. Because, um, But like I said, sometimes Sumsburg does some stupid shit. So that's why I'm a little bit nervous for him. But he's going to be my pick. So you're going to speak as confidently as you just spoke and then back out of a bet. I just said I can't trust minutes. Why would I bet him? I trust my guy. I'll bet him. Well, put a money line bet on him. Let's see it in premium. Mine, I was, it was to bet you. Oh. Because I disagree I with you. I trust my guy. <laughs> Oh, I can't you. believe you talked all that shit and then you didn't even bet. I trust my guy. Okay, put a money line bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm the favorite. I think I'm the favorite, right? I think the community likes me more than you. Fucking clown show. Move on to the next fight. What are we doing? $8,400 in DraftKings, $7,800 in DraftKings. Who do you think is the better DraftKings value? Uh, I'd stay away from both of them, probably. Because it's just, it's a, it's decent. Va- it's decent value. Yeah, I mean, it is, it actually is decent value because Jeremiah Wells has been putting up those numbers. So he's worth it according to every fight he's had in the UFC so far. But Matt Semelsberger, as tough as he is, not sure yet what I'm going to do with DraftKings there. But uh, go to wewantpicks.com, unlock all the DraftKings tools, and that might help you guide you. Maybe the ownership, maybe the scoring projections, maybe the player rankings, something like that will guide you into the right spot here. Next up at UFC Vegas 71, we have my second most confident pick Uh-oh. on the card. We have Eisman. These Lucindo. have got wider too. Since I made this graphic, yeah, I think they have, yeah, it's minus uh, three forty now. I think okay, it was even yeah. more than that. Um, it did yo yo. It did yo yo. It's um, I did this at uh, eight o'clock this morning. I updated it anyway. We got Eisman Lucindo taking on Brogan Walker. Eisman Lucindo thirteen and five overall. Four and one in her last five, and she's coming off a loss 
in her UFC debut. She's taking on Brogan Walker, seven and three overall, three and two in her, three and two in her last five. Coming off that stoppage loss in the Ultimate Fighter finale, I think Eisman Lucinda wins this fight. She's a grappler. She uses her power to clinch. She drags you to the ground. Once she's on the ground, she's got top pressure like crazy. And she's going to use the strikes to loosen you up and then transition to a submission. Striking is just okay. She really just waits to throw and then she's going to counter, rush, and then look for those takedowns. Her game plan is always get on top, get the control, and then work from there. She is coming off a loss in her UFC debut where she could not get her grappling going, but she's fighting Brogan Walker. And Brogan Walker does have some quality wins. She's been around for a while. She's been a professional since 2014. And it's not just that she's uh, she's been around for a while. She has some good wins. She beat Miranda Maverick on the regional scene. She fought some other UFC level people on the regional scene. She has a BJJ black belt. She's had it for a few years. She fancies herself as a striker though, but we did just watch her get taken down and beat up by Juliana Miller, who we now know is fraud. Just, just really tough. She's really tough. She's she's really tough. My notes on Brogan Walker, I was very high on Brogan Walker against Juliana Miller. It was Juliana's a dog, but Brogan should be the better, more experienced, more well-rounded fighter. That was going into that fight. That's how I felt. Every time I watch these fights, I have my spreadsheet in front of me. I'm taking notes on what's happening so that when I break that fighter down again, I have, you know, recap of what happened. My notes on Brogan Walker while watching that fight were awful. Has no takedown defense. How did she beat Miranda Maverick? So clearly, Eisman Lucindo is going to be my pick here. If Juliana Miller's taking Brogan Walker down whenever she wants to, Eisman Lucindo should do the same. She should absolutely dog walk her. Um, she is tough. She is gritty. I just, uh, under two and a half is probably the best play here, and especially for a female fight. Those are few and far between. But I'm on the Lucindo side, and I think it's going to look a lot like that Juliana Miller fight. What do you think? Yeah, that's uh like plus two oh five money. I got it for like plus two twenty five for the premium members. But why don't you shut the fuck up and stop giving away the premium bets? Well, I got much more where that came from. I can give away bets because I got plenty more where that came from. Uh, yeah, I I I don't know if there's any. And this is gonna sound awful, but I don't know if there's any cause for concern when it comes to the Lucindo side because Brogan Walker isn't a dangerous fighter, and people are gonna say, "Oh, she survived versus Aaron Blanchfield," as Angel mentioned. Oh, she she beat Miranda Maverick. Neither one of those girls are, are dangerous girls, right? So you can kind of out kind of work those girls or survive versus a girl like Aaron Blanchfield. Lucindo is a different animal. I mean, she is an aggressive. Everything she does, she is like, oh, she's, I think, 21 years old. She looks like a just a wild, aggressive 21-year-old girl inside the outcome. In the striking, she would just bite down, throw wild. In the grappling, as Angel mentioned, she is a finisher on the ground once she gets on top, and she's very good on the ground. Brogan Walker, her path to victory is to somehow get top position and just lay and pray for 15 minutes. And the issue is, for her, is that Lucindo does not slow down. You, you saw that in the last fight. She will keep pushing forward no matter what. So even if she loses the first round gets taken down she's going to come out with the exact same energy and the same dog as she brings into this fight and i just don't think brogan brogan walker can do that for 15 straight minutes to win this fight so i really have no pause for concern against lucindo i'm uh pretty loaded up on her with a a few different things and um we'll see how it plays out but you know a lot of people are doing that mma math and i think it actually works here the juliana miller beat her beat the shit out of her and then she got the shit beat out of her um that's a bad recipe for brogan yeah, I completely agree. Um, obviously, she 
while she doesn't have more fights on her record, she does have more higher level experience. She has the better slate of opponents. Uh, granted, she lost most of those, but she has fought the better opponents overall. Um, I agree. I think Lucinda gets it done. I think she blows through Brogan here, especially if this is what Brogan... If Brogan looks like in this fight what she did in her last fight, it, it, she should get right through her. And it's funny because somebody in the comment section said Brogan looked good on the Ultimate Fighter. But I was talking to Josh, our web guy. We have two Joshes. And he actually watched that entire season and he was like, she sucked there too. So it's just so funny to see people have completely different takes on the same thing. It's just so funny to see that. Um, anyway, you and I are pretty yeah, high sucks, on... People are talking about Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield sucks. Don't listen to Jacob. Jacob says this all the time. No, she like, actually does suck. At this Her and point, Macy just, Barber are the two worst female fighters in the UFC. Macy Barber is finally about to get exposed by Mike Gurley, Amanda Hibas, and Aaron's time will come. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm spending the $9,500 on Lucindo. I do think she wins. I think she wins inside the distance. I'm not going to bet that, but I do think she gets it done. There's a whole bunch of bets on this fight at wewantpicks.com. It's only $10 to unlock premium. And premium is far more than just copy-paste bets. You can see all of our bets, all of our picks, all of our round line leans. You also see the raw notes and then the tools. So many tools, so much information to help you find your own spots as well. We want picks.com. It's only $10. Just click become a member. Then we have Bobby King Green taking on Jared Gordon. Bobby Green, 29 and 14 overall, 2 and 3. In his last five, he's coming off that second round KO loss to Drew Dober. He's taking on Jared Gordon, 19 and six overall, three and two in his last five. He's coming off that controversial loss to Patty Pimblett, where a lot of people think he won that fight. He got smoked. Who did? Jared Gordon. I had that 30 20, uh, 26 for uh, Patty. Okay, now you're just saying stupid shit. Bobby Green, we know him by now. We've broken him down a million times. He's got that Roy Jones Jr. style boxing. Woo! He's a show, solid baby. striker. He puts on a show. Hands are always down. Super busy. Solid defense for the most part. Really good volume. Really good defense. Slick wrestling when he wants to use it. He does have 10 knockouts under his belt. Only like one or two of them are just big one-punch knockouts. The rest of them are just volume and speed and beating people to that punch. Avoiding the shots. Counter-striking. He's only two and three in his last five. And a lot of people, even in the Discord, like Angelo, how are you so high on Bobby Green? He's two and three in his last five. First of all, he's coming off that loss to Drew Dober. He whooped Drew Dober's ass in that first round. Whooped his ass. Absolutely whooped his ass. Then he got caught, and Drew Dober has an insane chin. Before that, he lost to Islam on short notice. Okay, he's the current champion. And almost right now. won. Current champion. He was out wrestled. He was and dominating his, until the takedown. And then his loss before that was a decision loss to Rafael Faziv, where he won that third round, and Faziv is the most technical striker in the division. Obviously, we just watched Gagey grit out a win, but technique-wise, Fazeev's the most technical. So Bobby Green, much better than his two and three in his last five. Taking on Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon, he's well-rounded, right? He's a good wrestler. He's got solid pressure, solid striking. He does jump between featherweight and lightweight. He should be a featherweight. He's going to be undersized here. And you can see the size difference in some of these lightweight fights. He does have solid volume. He likes to come forward. He's got flurries, and he looks for those takedowns. He averages more than two takedowns per fight. But if you push a grappling game plan, you could have some success against him. I like Bobby. I think this is Bobby Green all day. And no offense to Jared Gordon. I think he won that patty fight. And I think it sucks that he didn't get that win because that's sort of career affecting. I think the UFC gave him Bobby Green to shut him up. 
I think they want Jared Gordon to lose another fight so they don't have to worry about putting him against Patty Pimblett again. I think they just want him out of there because they know he can beat Patty, and there's like a narrative there now. But I think Bobby's got too good of takedown defense. His hands are too good. Jared's busy, but he doesn't have that power. So I think Bobby Green just sort of touches up Jared and outboxes the hell out of him for three full rounds. Bobby Green, confident pick, and uh, I think he's safe to parlay as well. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit biased because I'm a big uh, Bobby King Green fan. I, I have been for a long time. Um, I called the the knockout of I I Quinta Al I Quinta. You know he hasn't knocked in anyone out. And I said he can knock this guy out. I think he can knock Jared Gordon out. Even though Jared Gordon is a tough dude, the reason they put Jared Gordon against Patty is they knew that he could not knock Patty out. Patty is one of the most hittable guys I have ever seen in my life, and they knew that even if Jared Gordon is landing good shots, he's not going to knock out Patty. So that's exactly what happened. That was a, a fight that he probably did win, but he never landed that knockout shot. If you can't hit a guy like Patty, I don't know. How are you going to touch a guy like Bobby Green? That guy is the most unhittable guy in the division. He finally got hit and clipped by Drew Dober. And that almost looked like a bad knockout. But it was crazy. I mean, it looked like he got flatlined. Bobby Green was up in two seconds. Like, ah, shit, man. Like, he was absolutely fine. So when people are being like, oh, he got knocked out. He got knocked out. But he recovered, like, absolutely incredibly. He's out walking around, uh, handled it like only Bobby Green can. But as you, as Angel mentioned, just beating the out of Drew Dober. I mean, just absolutely destroying Drew Dober in that fight. That could have been, honestly, like a 10-8 round without scoring a knockdown. He was beating him up so bad in that fight. Drew Dober just granite chin, moving forward, found the power shot that Jared Gordon just does not possess. So I'm not worried at all about Bobby Green in this fight. I don't think Jared Gordon out wrestle Bobby Green. Bobby Green's a very good wrestler. Obviously, Islam is a different animal, but he's a very good wrestler. Even Drew Dober is trying to shoot take down. They weren't even close in that fight. Bobby Green can wrestle. He's going to have that Philly shell. You can't touch him. And if this is a retirement fight. A lot of people are a little bit nervous about that, right? Oh, Bobby Green's talking retirement. How's he going to look? Bobby Green is going to be a guy that wants to go out on top. He's not going to be taking a fight off to, to retire. He wants to go out, and he's probably going to be even more aggressive than he normally is, and I love that in a fight against Jared Gordon, who I think is hittable and can get knocked out. I like Bobby Green in this fight, and I think he gets it done inside the distance. He's going to make a point, you know, knock him out, retire, do what he needs to do, and officially... He says he's changed his name to uh, King when he's all uh, done fighting. So just King Green, just King Green from here on out, baby. I'm a big fan of his. Well, we're both on the Bobby Green side. Ninety four hundred dollars in DraftKings. I'm a little undecided there because I got to see how well he scores. I don't think he's going to stop Jared. I think it's just going to be busy, touch him up, busy, touch him up. So I got to see how well he scores in those decision wins because that's what I see this looking like. But I, we're both very confident on Bobby. I still think minus 255 is solid. Obviously, I talked about this earlier, right? I forget who I was breaking down when I said he's, oh, um, Denab Bagarai. He's got two losses in a row. You just don't know what a fighter's going to do after that. The difference between Bobby Green and Dana, as I mentioned earlier, is Bobby Green's two losses are quality losses. One is to the current champion. The other is to a guy that he was beating up, and he got caught, a guy who's known to have the best chin in the sport, let alone the division. In the world. <laughs> and, 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 is, in the world I think is what you meant to say looking and durability uh, he, is a, he is a good looking dude but Jeez anyway so Christ. Bobby Green's a tried and true vet I'm not those are two losses to high level people that it's okay so I think we're good here. I think Bobby Green's absolutely going to get this done. Well, I was going to mention, um, you, you were talking about DraftKings. He, he landed 75 strikes in a round and a half versus Drew Dober, who was a little bit of yeah. a better boxer than Jared Gordon. And, and Drew Dober, by the way, landed 28% of the strikes. That's not a very yeah. high percentage. Bobby was at 51%. 
Yeah, so Bobby Green should absolutely get this done. I do have some action involving him. WeWantPicks.com. Click become a member to unlock that and everything else that we may have going. This might be a fun, significant strike prop bet. Fridays after weigh-ins, bet online drops, and I think uh, DraftKings has these as well. Significant strike prop bets. Who's going to land more significant strikes in this fight? Obviously, that's going to be Bobby no matter what. So that's going to be a great bet if it's not juiced. Or they'll just give you a straight-up line. They may say 120. All right, well, let's do our research. We'll take a look. If you're a premium member, make sure the Discord is linked so you get the alert to your phone. We have had a ton of success with the takedowns and significant strike prop bets when we hit those. Lucky Tim said, don't you think they would have given Jared someone way better than Bobby to shut him up? No, because Jared's coming off of a loss. So they can't give him somebody ranked. So Bobby is probably the best unranked guy also coming off of this. Yeah, and I, and I will Who say this. Who else they and, give him? And I think iZero might have said this in Discord. Somebody said in Discord that if Bobby ended up beating Drew Durbin the way that fight was going to go, and he was matched up against Jared Gordon, he probably would be minus 500 because he was beating the absolute living shit out of Drew Dober, and Jared Gordon is not better than the Drew Dober. So. No, completely agree. Completely agree. Next up, at UFC Vegas 71, we have the new co-main event of the evening. We lost our original co-main event. That's getting pushed the next week, and as does my bet on that fight. So we have a new co-main event. We have Brad Tavares taking on Bruno Silva. This is a very hard fight to break down. Brad Tavares, 19-7 overall, 2-3 in his last five. He's coming off that loss to Drikus Duplessis. And he's taking on Bruno Silva, 22-8 overall, 3-2 in his last five. He is riding a two-fight skid. Brad Tavares has been around for 100 years. Old-school MMA fans know Brad Tavares. He was a hot prospect for a while. He's not very active, but he has been there for a while. He's been a staple at 185 pounds. He's 14-7 in the UFC. That's how long he's been in the UFC. 19-7 in his career, 14-7 in the UFC. So only five fights not in the UFC in a career that long. His losses are all to the upper echelon guys. Yoel Romero, Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, and then Drikas Duplessis. Solid striker, good takedown defense at 80%, and he's got a... Just that Hawaiian fighting spirit. He's not a guy that you're going to get out of there. But he's also not stupid dangerous. He's not a guy that's going to one-punch KO you or submit you, right? He's going to be there the whole fight trying to get that win. And he's taking on Bruno Silva. I'm a big Bruno Silva guy, right? I've liked Bruno Silva. I've picked him a whole bunch of times. And he's proved to be really talented. He's proved to be tough. But he is on this two-fight skid, right? He had three knockouts in a row before that skid. Very good striker, solid BJJ. He took down Alex Pajeda twice, and that was a decision loss, right? He didn't get knocked out against Alex Pajeda. That was a decision loss, but he was just dropped and then submitted against Gerald Mearshart, and that's what makes this so tricky because if it's the Bruno Silva that fought and even lost to Alex Pajeda, I think that guy beats Brad Tavares. That guy was coming forward, throwing bombs, working right. He looked very good in that fight, and a lot of people are saying in the Discord, oh, Alex Pajeda broke him. He's just not the same person. He wasn't knocked out. It was a decision loss. I don't know what broke him in that fight, right? And and Alex Pajeda went on to win the title after that. So the question then becomes, do I judge Bruno Silva based off of his last fight? Because his last fight was embarrassing. Losing to Gerald Mearshart like that is embarrassing, especially after we just saw Gerald Mearshart get flatlined and his chin went back to what it was in 2020. So 
Do you judge Bruno Silva based off of one fight? I personally am saying no. I think Bruno Silva wins this fight because even in the loss to Alex Pajeda, he went out there, he stayed busy, he worked in takedowns, he had power, his striking looked good, and that was against the eventual middleweight champion. So I like Bruno Silva to win this fight. I'm not going to bet it because unlike a Bobby Green, this is a two-fight skid that does worry me, and I don't know where his head is at. But I do like Bruno Silva to win this fight. Absolutely no money whatsoever because Brad Savaris is stupid tough. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what kind of happened with, with Bruno Silva was he, he fought the, the, the champion of the world. He lost the decision and then he was matched up against a guy in Gerald Mearshart where he's like, Oh yeah, I'll just knock this guy out. I mean, he's, he's, everyone is knocking out Gerald Mearshart, even though before they had won a couple fights in a row, but he knew that this guy was hittable. He came in, he was swinging. You saw every single punch he threw early. Wasn't interested in the grappling, wasn't interested in the wrestling. Cause as Angel mentioned, he's a good wrestler, good grappler. Um, and obviously you don't want to do that against Gerald, but he literally was swinging every single punch to knock this dude out. And people. People don't I don't know if people don't remember, but that was in that, that San Diego card, and they talked about how absolutely steaming that arena was. <laughs> it was incredibly humid. DC was like a ball of sweat on the sidelines, not doing anything. <laughs> and it was really affecting some of the fighters, and it really affected Bruno because he came in, was headhunting, was trying to knock this guy out, and Gerald, with his slow-ass head movement, was able to see those telegraph shots. I mentioned that for the Joe Piper breakdown, that Joe was going to beat him to the punch and knock him out. <laughs> what happened? Um, but Bruno, I think, is the better fighter. I think he is the better fighter, but if he comes in frustrated, that same game plan against a hittable Brad Tavares and says, I'm going to try and put this guy out and swing wild, he's going to lose the fight again. He's going to lose the fight in the exact same fashion because Brad Tavares is a very well-rounded fighter. Fighter, he's a, he's a durable guy. He can mix in some wrestling. Even if Bruno, if Bruno gets tired, he can mix in takedown too. So Bruno is a better fighter, but he's got to come in and fight like he normally fights if he's headhunting. If he's trying to get a finish, Brad DeVars is tough enough to uh, absolutely win this fight, and I think that's probably why he's the favorite. But I'm going Bruno because I think he does bounce back. There's no more humidity. There's no more weird things going on. It's not Gerald in front of him. I think he finds a way to uh, get this done. I think he wrestles a little bit more in this fight. I hope so. So we're both on the Bruno side. I'm surprised you picked him. I'm surprised you love it's your Hawaiian. Right pick. Why wouldn't I pick him? You like know, Hawaiian tough. I've never been wrong, so why would I pick the? Why would I pick a wrong? <laughs> why would I pick a wrong fight? I've never been wrong in my life. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, eighty nine hundred dollars in DraftKings. Listen, even if you think Brad Tavares wins, he's not worth that eighty nine hundred dollars because wow. he's not a finisher. He's just really tough and and sticks around. He's not a finisher. So in order to score that eighty nine hundred dollars, you have to put away Bruno Silva. I don't see that happening. Uh, and Bruno's a good dog at $7,300 in DraftKings. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Mr. D, I, I don't know if this is official or not. It looks like some breaking news here. He says they were in San Diego. Bruno went to Tijuana the night before, drank three bottles of Patron, humped the donkey. Um, he was in no condition to fight. So, you know, that's allegedly, I don't know if that's official news or not, but some breaking news there from Mr. D. We appreciate that for the live chat. Yeah, that is uh, quite the hot take. Quite the hot take. Now we know. Now we know both of us on the Bruno Silva side, good size underdog. That's actually the probably the big, I think is that the biggest underdog we've picked so far. I think it is. We on picks.com. No, Gomez. Well, you picked him. I didn't. This mm. is the biggest underdog we both agreed on. Gomez we, is like the fourth biggest underdog on the card, which that is like crazy. Well, we already broke that fight down. We on picks.com. Do all the things. And if you don't have $10. You can't become a premium member. You should at least join the Discord. That is 100% free. You can open up a new credit card. We take credit cards now. <laughs> yeah, we do <laughs> take credit cards now. 
Next up at UFC Vegas 71, we have the main event of the evening. We have the most obvious striker versus grappler matchup we've ever had. I mean, if this isn't a 1996 striker versus grappler matchup, I don't know what is. We got Sergey Pavlovic taking on Curtis Blade. Sergey Pavlovic 17 and 1 overall, 5 and 0 in his last 5 with 14 knockouts under his belt. He's taking on Curtis Blade 17 and 3 overall. Four and one in his last five, and he's riding a nice three-fight win streak. Sergey Pavlik, beast of a wrestler. Mostly a boxer, right? You're not going to see a lot of kicks from him, but beast of a striker. Did I say wrestler? No, I said striker. Anyway, mostly a boxer. You're not going to see any kicks. He's going to come forward, throw that power, and he has crazy speed for a heavyweight. His volume is impressive. He does trust his chin. He will stay in a pocket and just bomb away looking for that knockout Trusting his chin can be an issue at heavyweight, but I don't imagine in this fight, Curtis does have power, but I don't imagine that's what Curtis is going to be looking to do here. But Sergey's speed is a problem for a lot of people. And now that Francis Ngannou is gone, I think we can confidently say Sergey Spivak is the hardest hitter in this division. Look what he did to Tai Tuivasa, who had a legendary chin. Sergey Pavlovic had no issue with that. Taking on Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, he's a fantastic wrestler. What makes him such a fantastic wrestler is he's not a heavyweight wrestler. He doesn't look for the stupid clinches and the bullshit. He lowers his level, shoots takedowns, and runs right through you Jordan Burrow style. He will touch your legs and then sprint to the other side of the cage to get that takedown. And it's incredibly successful to him. The dude averages more than six takedowns per fight, which is absolutely insane. He is coming off that win over uh, Tom Aspinall, but that was a freak leg injury. You can't really count that as a win. This is very simply striker versus grappler. Curtis Blades has three losses on his record. All three of them are knockouts. Two to Francis Ngannou, one to Kurt, or Kurt, one to Derek Lewis. If Curtis Blades can get the wrestling going and avoid all the big strikes, he obviously wins his fight. I don't think there's anybody that will disagree with that statement. But this could look exactly like the Derek Lewis fight where there's just a big boy uppercut waiting for him on the way in. I have to pick Blades here. Because he's the one that has the entire 25 minutes, right? He doesn't need to rush anything. He's got 25 minutes to take his down and shoot, take his time and shoot takedowns. He's got 25 minutes. He just has to avoid power and work in takedowns, where Sergey has to avoid every single takedown. Because if he gets taken down, I don't see him getting back up. And people are like, oh, he's a Russian. He has wrestling background. It's not the same. This is MMA. Curtis Blades MMA wrestling is is honestly some of the best MMA wrestling you're going to see, especially at this division. And Sergey Pavlovich's loss is to Alistair Overeem. How did Alistair Overeem beat him, Jakey? He took his ass down. Little, it was a weird little trip takedown. He took it was a, his he, ass he went to, down. Uh, he went to clinch. Um, Sergey lifted his knee for some reason. I think he tried to knee over him and he just kind of fell on his back. And so it wasn't a real takedown. Okay. So, but he fell on his back against the striker. I think Curtis Blades is going to get the takedowns. Curtis Blades is going to be the pick here. No bet. No bet. I have not been betting main events and it has been honestly quite enjoyable. Let's just get to watch the fight, enjoy the fight. But Curtis Blades, gonna be, Curtis Blades is going to be, Curtis Blades is going to be the pick. And, um, yeah, am I worried about him getting knocked out? Yeah, of course. You'd be stupid if you weren't. What do you think, Jake? 
Yeah, I think I think if Curtis, one of these guys, let me say this, one of these guys is going to look absolutely fantastic when this fight's over. I don't think this is a back and forth war. I don't think this is a back and forth. Some of, one of these guys is going to come out and you're going to be like, oh, of course they won. You know, right? I mean, it's either going to be Curtis with a takedown and just ground and pound because you did mention the overeem. That wasn't an actual takedown. But flat on his back, that dude is just a normal dude. I mean, he had nothing to offer off his back. So if Curtis gets him flat on his back, I think he finishes the fight on the first takedown. If Sir, if Sergey is on the feet, I think he absolutely finishes Curtis Blades. The issue with Curtis Blades is, since that Derek Lewis fight, he's kind of backtracked on the wrestling a bit. Against Jorginho, he had three takedowns, right? But if you watch that fight, it took him about two, two and a half minutes to shoot that first takedown. He got it. Jorginho was able to get back to his feet. The round ended. In the second round, it took him about, I think, like three minutes to shoot another takedown. Against Chris, against Chris Dawkins, didn't even shoot a takedown. Didn't even attempt a takedown in the first round of that fight. Against Tom Aspinall, it was very, very quick. I mean, very, very quick. But it didn't look like he, it looked like he was interesting and engaging in the strike game. I mean, he was throwing back on Tom Aspinall instead of level changing into a takedown. I feel as though Curtis Blades, and he's always been a guy that said, I don't care if people think I'm boring. I actually enjoy knowing that they think I'm boring. I'm going to be extra boring. He's like, I'm a spiteful guy. I'm going to try to be extra boring. <laughs> but it seems like he's starting to be one of those guys that's falling in love with his hands. And he has decent hands. I mean, he knocked out Chris Dawkins. He was striking with Jarzinho. It looked like he was going to strike with Tom Aspinall. But it seems like he's enjoying his hands a little bit too much. And all Sergey does is wait, to, wait for you to throw that first strike. The first strike you throw, he's going to stalk you, stalk you, and then he is just going to blitz in. And he is either going to win that exchange or he is going to lose that exchange. And every single time he has won that exchange, if Curtis Blades throws one punch before he shoots one takedown, he is going to lose this fight. Sergey is going to time it. He is going to blitz in. He is going to overwhelm this guy and swarm this guy and finish him and knock him out as, as Curtis Blades has been knocked out before. So Curtis Blades doesn't have to come in and shoot a takedown in five seconds, but he needs to shoot a takedown before he throws a strike or I think he is getting knocked out. But if he gets the takedown, he's going to win the fight. So but I'm going to yes. here. I think uh, I think Curtis has been messing around on the feet a little bit too much. He's not all in the wrestling. I'm going to Sergey here to get it done. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with anybody on either side because either one of these guys, they both have very, very clear paths. And the odds are actually surprising to me. Like, how is this not closer? You know what I mean? Like I was, Curtis, I was, I was, I was, I was very surprised. I thought, honestly, when I saw this was announced, I wasn't really paying attention to the odds, and I was thinking about the fight and stuff. And I was like, oh, Sergey's probably gonna be the favorite here. I mean, he's the big, you know, not, not undefeated, but the big guy that's just knocking everyone out. And people hate Curtis Blades for whatever reason. I, I, I'm a Curtis Blades fan, but I'll probably be rooting for him in this fight. But better it's better for the. I mean, I would prefer Curtis Blades wins because if Curtis Blades wins, then we get some. I, He's a bad. He says he's a bad matchup for John Jones. I think yeah, he he's is. talking all that talk, but and people are, are very smart about that. They're like, listen, John Jones is not going to fight Curtis Blades. He's already saying that Stipe is probably going to be his last fight. Yeah, he yeah, only yeah, came yeah. back <laughs> because Francis. The second Francis was gone, he's like, oh, I'm back. He fights. <laughs> he out wrestles Cyril Gone. He's gonna. He's probably going to beat Stipe, and then Curtis Blades going to be waiting. He's like, eh, I think I'm done, guys. Well, so uh, it just opens the door for a couple more things if Curtis Blades wins. If Sergey right. wins. Sergey's an easy win for John Jones because I think John Jones is uh, well, I don't think, I'm much like, more. Effective. I don't think John Jones is going to fight either one of these guys, so it's going to be whoever. I mean, they might have to rematch this fight again for the title for like a the interim title or whatever when John leaves. I don't know. 
Well, we'll see what happens. Jacob and I are split on this fight. This is not a parlay fight. This is not like just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. This is. If you're I mean, gonna play, obviously, it, it's, um, if you're gonna play anything, I think Sergey first round TKO KO is still plus three hundred, which seems a little bit. Yeah, then that's that's throw a little flyer on that. Yeah, then fine. But like, you know, and there's there's always somebody in our comments section that was a genius. Oh, I bet this. There's always money to be made. Every fight has some big payout for you know that fighter won in that round by that method. But this is just, there's so many unknowns here. This fight could go either direction. Oh, it's plus 210 now. I got it for plus 300. Shut mm. the fuck up giving away the premium bets for fuck's they sake. Can't get, no, they can't get the same value. That's why you got to become a premium member. You would have got alerted uh, when I placed that bet for plus 300. Now it's bound, down to plus 210. So that's why you got to become a premium Well, that is member. true. Um, $7,400 in DraftKings, $8,800 in DraftKings. I think you absolutely need one of these people. You need to pick your side. $8,800 for Curtis Blades. Look at the numbers this dude puts up and wins. He took down Volkov 14 times. The numbers he puts up in these wins are astronomical. Same with Sergei Pavlovic. So, like Jacob said, this is not going to be a low-scoring, boring fight. One of these dudes is going to win and is going to win by stoppage. So, for sure, um, throw Does one of them Does not go the distance. It's minus 900. You interested in putting nine units on, uh, on that? I know. That's so much. It's like, just parlay that with... I don't know. God knows what. But uh, anyway, we want picks.com. $10 a month. You unlock literally everything, all the bets, all the things, including the tools. We got a line movement tracker. And I know I talk about this a lot, but this is a very valuable tool. This will help you identify line movement. It's very easy to look at odds if you don't know where they started and if you don't know what they mean. It's a much trickier story to tell. But looking at the line movement tracker, it refreshes every day. Looking at the line movement tracker to see where those lines are going, where they're heading, very clear green, red movement. You can find your spots and or hop off a train, right? Maybe you were thinking about somebody, you like them, but the line's going the other way. Let me just leave that alone. Or, ooh, let it keep going. I'm going to get even better value. So your decisions to make, but the information is here. Same with the metrics and analytics. We have a 38-column spreadsheet with conditional formatting for information on their last fights, information on their striking, their grappling, the odds. There's so much information there to help you find those spots. And not only is it in this massive 38 comp spreadsheet, we also take it, divide it up into digestible chunks, and that is available on the website to interact with whenever you want. We also have the best DraftKings ownership in the game. I don't talk about this enough. Straight up, if you play DraftKings, you build lineups, you enter the big tournaments, you're chasing those big payouts. By far the best ownership in the game. This was last week's. We had a 3.37 margin of error. The next closest was 3.55, and that company charges $100 for their premium. It's a massive company. And we have a new look and feel. We're adding analysts. Artem is the first additional analyst on the team. There are more to come. There are conversations being had. There are people in the queue. And now we accept credit cards. One of the biggest things we got was, hey, I don't have PayPal. Hey, I don't have PayPal. Can I sign up for premium? Oh, can you do premium? We now accept credit cards. Literally, as of today, you can sign up for premium with a good old-fashioned credit card. You do not need a PayPal account. When you, when you sign up, there's two buttons for checkout, PayPal, credit card. Whichever one makes sense for you, we want picks.com. Only $10 a month. Click become a member. And if you want 50 bucks, I'll send you... 50 clean ones. We want picks.com slash bets. We have four different sportsbook betting partners. 
You go to that page, you're going to see the partners, the pros, the cons, all the things. Find the one that makes sense for you. Make an account using our link, make a deposit, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. What do you have for us, Jakey boy? Nothing. Never do. $2 super chat from Joey T. Blades was a huge part of his big win. If you don't know, Joey T won $60,000 in a DraftKings tournament. Guys, thank you so much for the watch. Like, subscribe, do all the things. If you don't have money for premium or you're a little reluctant, it's fine. Join the Discord. Like, share, do those things. This could show just as much support as Not everything as else. Well, nothing is as <laughs> I, And frankly, we do Not have, by much. far, we, we have thousands of premium members. It's by far the most successful premium membership on the planet and that is thanks to every single one of you it is all genuinely appreciated and is not gone unnoticed thank you all very much and uh i don't know more content the rest of this week like the week tomorrow